Once again, to Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute, I'm so glad that you are with us. Um, again, I'm just so blessed to have these wonderful guests that have been uh, on on uh, the, this this time that these episodes that we have, and uh, from different denominations, from different experiences, different backgrounds, and even different roles in the church. And so, um, I'll let uh, Pastor Stephen Weems in a moment just kind of talk about himself. But I want to encourage you that if you find this beneficial, please like, subscribe, and share. And if you have any questions, uh, I'll have my contact information in the comments. Please feel free to reach out and uh, and and touch someone. No, reach out and talk to me. And then also, you can check out some of the work that that the institute does at ppmhi.org. So let's get on with um, talking to someone who I I just really appreciate this man, and I know you're going to love him too. And so, um, Steve, before we get into a lot of the stuff content i really want to just ask you um i know you you've been around the uh, different places uh and <laughs> but i want to ask you what led you to be in the ministry yeah you know um i was raised in uh, lutheran schools parochial schools and uh you know i i kind of got a heart for ministry about fifth or sixth grade Wow. Looking at my teachers and my appreciation for uh, them leading me into God's word. And you start seeing yourself in that role. Uh, went away from it for a while, but came back to it. Um, so it really started early in my life. I remember helping a, a janitor after work often. And she, she'd always say, you're going to be a pastor someday. <laughs> okay. And she knew, uh, you know, a couple decades before I did. So, <laughs> But um, yeah, so I, I sought out a uh, certificate in as a Lutheran teacher, mm -hmm. and uh, in that role, you're considered a minister of the word, mm. and, I, and I took that role seriously, um, coaching, teaching, um, leading youth group. Uh, my, I just found the best part of the day was talking about Jesus. Mm and uh, teaching faith studies having dialogue with the the uh, students and that just grew and um yeah it, it, my last call um which was in denver uh i was joining the senior pastor in more and more pastoral roles mm. uh interacting with people home visits and um leading bible studies and um so acting as a pastor in many ways, we decided, let's get some seminary training. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, was ordained in um, 2011. And this is my 36th year in ministry, uh, teaching and, and pastoral work. So it's been a, it's been great, actually. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, it's interesting. We're seeing, I, I'm seeing a trend and maybe it's who I'm interviewing, but um, there's a lot of this uh, people who are raised in the church and now it was just a natural progression for them to go into ministry. And and I find that, that at young ages, uh, several of the people that I have interviewed 
have kind of known, hey, this might be a path for me that I want to do. And a lot of people in today's like, oh, you're too young to know what. Well, I, I always like to remind people, David was anointed at a young age. Uh, and then we have uh, Samuel who heard the voice of the Lord and the call of God at a very young age. And so I think it's really important that we we look to those youth in our church and those young people and 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 encourage them to hear what the Lord might be guiding and directing them. And then also just really encouraging families to get their kids into the church and involved consistently because uh, we need more church workers. And so, um, it's, right, right. so it's nice, you know, and, and what's great too, for those of us who have been raised in the church, um, the dynamics of church aren't so surprising to us <laughs> as when I've seen people who, you know, get all excited about Jesus and they say, I'm going to become a pastor and they go into ministry and the church, we'll call it politics for lack of a better term, um, really is off-putting to them and it's hard for them to navigate. Where you and I have grown up in it, we're like, oh, this is just church, a bunch of flawed people trying to worship Jesus, right? So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, on lines what you were saying, as a kid, um, you know, my teachers, my pastors I had, made it clear that God works through ordinary people. Mm. And so from early on, it was, no, you don't have to have some big quality in order to go this direction. Um, and, and that's true. Uh, I love sharing with the congregation. God works through every role he gives us, every calling, and he loves through us. Yeah. And um, he always does. And it, it's it has different meaning when you know it's God working through us. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting you mentioned that. So um a few podcasts ago, Dr. Chris Adams from Biola University, one of the leading researchers in pastor mental health, talked about their they've done studies on the calling of God. Um, and this and the flourishing of pastors um, in relation to how they were called and the ones who kind of came organically like you and I just through normal means through the church um, and had that support as we grew up in it and didn't have this um, what we would call um, a lightning bolt moment that that changed their whole direction um, is that they find that those people who have had that kind of that consistent walk with the Lord in church with those around them as they were growing in their calling actually flourish compared to the ones who have just the the aha moment we'll call it that and without that support or that background so um we want successful pastors and uh i know that there are things you and i have gone through in the years of our ministry that if it weren't for that consistency growing up it might have been a lot harder for us to handle so i agree yeah yeah so a uh, couple things. What what is uh you know your, your official title? We'll call that at your church, and then kind of tell me about the church that you're at. Yeah, uh, so I'm pastor of uh, the people at St. John Lutheran Church in Idaho Falls, Idaho, and uh, it's a really warm congregation, a community of believers, um, very welcoming, and uh, probably the the greatest quality in the the one I'm most grateful for is they volunteer. They give of themselves generously and not just with their offerings and tithes, but they give of themselves. And it's remarkable how, you know, we uh, stream live. We have a large praise team. Um, a lot of high tech goes into that. And the number of people on a Sunday that are needed 
to welcome people into worship, at least the way we want to do it. Um, it's a lot of people. Yeah. And I don't hear anyone being dragged and pulled into it. Nice. Um, and there's many other non-Sunday roles that people take. And um, yeah, I can't say anything greater than that quality. They believe ministry, they're a part of it, and they are. Nice. Yeah. And that's, so. that's probably reflective of your style of leadership is you want people to share um, in the joy of the ministry, uh, which is great, a reflection on you. Uh, you kind of answer the next question, which is great. I appreciate that, is in how you're relying on people. Um, and what I appreciate about what you said, Stephen, was just that just the joy of, of people serving without feeling it, that it's obligatory, that, that they enjoy doing it. And so how long has that church been there in Idaho Falls? Yeah, so um, we're in the older part mm -hmm. of the town, and uh, they've been con uh, continuously serving the community since 1913, wow. which uh, that's wow. it's really neat to see a list of pastors on the wall and to know you've been a part of God reaching this community. Um, mm. Yeah, that longevity is, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, beautiful because it's an older uh, building. Um, in fact, we're, we should be on the uh, National uh, Historic Register. Uh, it's been about a three-year project from one of our parishioners. Um, but uh mm. Yeah, to, to see that I know the city's changed a yeah. lot through the years, but right here in the middle of the neighborhood is a church that's every Sunday has been open. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And so um, you, you talk about how all it takes to put on a service, but throughout the week, what are some other ways that you've had to rely on church members? Oh, oh, yeah. One thing I, I did lose train of thought there with, with volunteers, I naturally want to encourage because i i'm kind of built up by encouragement mm -hmm. and there are so many that really want to do a, a role and a task they don't want any recognition they mm. you know so anyway it's uh we have to get kind of used to uh, the love language of others i guess <laughs> um but yeah oh uh, the physical plant an old building there's something there's seven seven to ten twelve things uh, that need attending to, and they're new every week, <laughs> you know, um, oh, finances, um, uh, elders who, uh, give folks a call and how are you doing? We know you went through this difficulty or we haven't seen you and we're, uh, wondering how we can pray for you. There's, there's so many ways. Yeah. And, uh, we have a big, uh, Stephen ministry mm -hmm. team. Uh, if you're familiar with that, and they uh, women meet with women and uh, men with men when folks are going through a season in their life of difficulty, and they uh, bring a caring ear and a pastoral presence, uh, just the love of a brother or sister, and um, they do a lot of training and they keep that those skills up. It's a big commitment mm -hmm. and uh, adds to the warmth of a congregation, people caring for one another. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, that's that's great. I mean, especially when you say that you're a warm uh, church, it's nice when it's as cold as it gets in Idaho to have a church that's warm. Yeah, you need more than a boiler, right? <laughs> Physic physically and 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 uh, socially is good. You know, right. you met, you, you kind of hit on something. I think it's really important. One of the things that I do with new people at the church is I I have a couple uh, a couple classes that I kind of go through with them, and the first class is is I kind of just ask the question. So, what does it take? just to have, you know, for a church to function. Um, and just to get people realizing that it's a whole lot more than you and I getting up and and preaching. Uh, there's a whole lot that goes on that a lot of times people just don't recognize. And I think that some of the challenge that a lot of us have in church culture is we want the place to be so welcoming and so inviting that we make sure everything's taken care of and the needs aren't necessarily known because it just seems like everything's together and so having on you know those honest conversations and, and helping people understand uh what it takes to put just a service together and let's not even talk about all the other things throughout the week the maintenance facility right and uh, the different meetings, the calling on people who aren't there or who are sick and going through crisis. And uh, one person in most churches can't do it all. Um, I would say almost all churches can't do it all. And so what's great is, you know, sharing that with them and then finding what people actually enjoy doing, what resonates with you of the things that we do here. Um, and you'll find that if you, I think you're really good at this, finding the people and fitting them in a place that, that God has gifted them in and not just putting them in kids church, right? Cause that's what a lot of people do go serve in Sunday school. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> no, that might not be the best place for everybody. And so, um, when you do that, um, I find what you're discovering, I think is that, is that people don't care whether they're recognized, they just love it. And it's just a joy to serve. So, um, it's great to hear that and how that helps you to actually oh, do yeah. your job right right oh it's very encouraging yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you're not thinking <laughs> worrying about the um the church being warm when when people arrive you know <laughs> <You're>, as <laughs> right, far as right. physically you're not worried about the coffee being ready or anything like that which by the way is important in every church there's I, I do make uh uh, coffee for the volunteers that get here early. So oh, good. <laughs> as long as they keep drinking it. So <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so can you kind of tell me about a time and, and you can be as specific as you want. I think specificity is always beneficial, but um can you tell me about a time when you felt built up in the ministry? Yeah, you know, um I I I went through your questions and, and thought through, I probably could talk on that for an hour, but we'll, we'll do the highlighted ones. Um, some are just interpersonal things. Um, there's a, a senior couple and in uh, my wife, Lori and I's mind, there are adoptive uh, parents, you know, um, we've always uh, done ministry far from family. Mm and uh they're folks that come over let's have dinner let's play some cards come on over let's have coffee um but it always it comes down to uh, pastor how are you doing mm. they hear all about ministry and needs and um where good things are happening but how are you doing mm. and they listen uh which is they they really care you can tell they're not just asking a question <laughs> and uh and they always say you know we pray for you you both every day and uh yeah uh we just feel like family with them 
there's uh <laughs> they're part of an extended family that um has uh brought us in we have a table every holiday meal again our family Lori's uh, family's louisiana mine's all over california and uh there's no issue of where are we going to go or what are we going to do and uh to really be treated like family mm. is a uh, it's an expression of love that hits close to home and uh, I, I think congregations don't always think of that being far from pa- family there's uh some different needs that um, people who minister whether they're teachers or pastors that there's that pressure you you want to keep those relationships going but you're not always there yeah, yeah. and um that those are two that really stand out and nice. there's many others many others yeah so let me ask you this i mean are it sounds like the relationship is such with them and probably some others in your congregation that they can kind of know when you're not yourself because you're going through something um are they good at, at just, you know, I know, how are you doing? But it seems like that would prompt that question if they can, if they know that you're going through a, a rough time in ministry. Has, has that happened often with them? Um, yeah, it's more, usually uh, they, they know uh, more medical issues going on with us and, mm-hmm. um, and even our extended family and they're, they're quick to ask, how's that going? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No, that's good. I mean, I think that, that again, uh, one of the challenges we have as pastors is isolation. Um, and and some of that is uh, when someone asks a question like like that, so how are you doing? Um, we have the tendency as pastors to go, oh, I'm fine. You know, I, I'm great. Right. Instead of, you know, having a trust factor and they've invested in you and your wife. And, and, uh, and that's really important, by the way, that, that they, they recognize your wife as an important part of the equation. Um, so often, um, our wives can get a bit neglected at times. And so when you know that the church values them and that the church recognizes how, how important they are to their, their pastor, um, it's that's a really really important thing, um, and so anyway, it's one of those things where y- we have to learn, and I think that you would do this well. Um, obviously, you have to have a trust relationship that happens when they invite you over for dinner, and you realize there's not an agenda other than to say, "Hey, I want you to relax and and enjoy, and we really care for you," and that yeah. you can trust them to be honest with how you're really feeling at times. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Um, I spot on um so quick story when we first came here we were filling a a vacancy um it started out as a sabbatical and then uh, it's going to be you know no pastor behind you and uh, so we land if you will and um one of the elders who's now a dear friend says uh is there any way you can stay four months instead of three get us through to new year's and i said you know let me see how it goes for my wife that that's really going to tell me mm-hmm. if we can do four months <laughs> and after literally not prompting after a week Lori goes uh it's going to be hard to leave here and after two weeks she goes how are they going to get rid of us <laughs> and so <laughs> we were in and then uh that just became uh part of how, how do we get them back yeah and uh so yeah we fell in love with them they fell in love with us and it's been a 
yeah, it's it's wonderful to be a part of this. Yeah, and that's what God does, right? I mean, he he uses people, um, and he and he and he knits us together. And one of the you know the the things that I always like to to say when people sometimes I have pastors go, ooh, mental health. Let's not talk about that. I just Jesus is enough. He's enough, but he uses people to show his love to you. Um, right, and that's what Ephesians right. four. We're supposed to build one another up in love. That includes you and I as the pastor and. And so it's just a it's just a, a wonderful thing how God uses ordinary people to do His work and to build us up, and we can give Him the glory. We're not going to exalt those people. I mean, other than thank, being thankful for them and appreciative that God has put them in our lives. So over right, the years, right. yeah, over the years, what have you found to maybe be one of the most challenging aspects of ministry? Honestly, interpersonal relationships with parishioners. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of that hard underbelly of, of church life. If you're not familiar with it, um, someone takes on a volunteer role and they have an area they're overseeing and it can become territorial oh, yeah. instead of we're in this together. Um, and, and some, some folks who volunteer have kind of a domineering way about them already. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they approach the area they're leading as there's one way to do this, pretty soon others don't want to be involved yeah. because there's no give and take of creativity or considering new ways. And um, that's hard when you see people kind of shut out. <laughs> anyway, those are hard to negotiate Yeah. Um, and, and draining, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, when you, you see Jesus exasperation over, um, the disciples, who's going to be greatest, you know, yeah. uh, who's going to be left and right of you and, you know, um, yeah. Which yeah. just gives us comfort because we know that it's not, it, it's not something that is new. Uh, right. right? Real yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. And real people are messy and yeah. I am too. <laughs> right. Look in the mirror, right? No. I had, I had a one pastor I heard one time say, you know, the church would be great if it weren't for the people. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, we love the people and 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 we want people to to know the freedom that was found in Christ and and so often, you know, that's our ministry. We're dealing with people and helping them understand um just how great it is and really, you know, easy to look at the outside in but so often we're we sit there and we think you know this really isn't in the grand scheme of things this isn't that big of a deal and um and we feel for them right because they're this whatever it is this conflict or whatever it is it, that they're holding on to is is actually you know imprisoning them to a degree and they can't experience the great joy that it is to be part of of the fellowship of believers and the hope that we have of heaven and uh, there's some legitimate issues we know right that we've experienced that is hard for people um and so we're just praying that that god that they receive that grace and and that that freedom that the holy spirit's working into them and so um yeah people people uh you know people don't like me sometimes it's hard to believe i know but um <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you <laughs> uh, I, I used to i used to be and and i fight being that domineering leader all the time um and i've had to learn that you know 
sometimes, even though I think my way would accomplish things better, it's not so much about it. It's it's about it getting done and God using people through that. And um, and then I've realized, um, to, much to my chagrin, that that my ideas aren't always the best. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Hey, that's really a better way. <laughs> <laughs> that's really humbling. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, there exactly. is a better way. <laughs> exactly. And that's how, again, hey, we rely on other people. So, yeah. This is kind of funny. I've, I've served with very type A personality mm-hmm. pastors. Um, and I, I don't see myself that way. But my adult sons were in town for the holidays. We're playing dominoes. And, <laughs> you know, I, I go, uh, so who's the A personality in this family? <laughs> and my wife and sons both point to me. And I'm like, ooh, so maybe I, I don't see myself so accurately all the time. <laughs> Just because you smile doesn't mean you're not that way, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. So again, uh, you know, obviously in church work, we're the business of, of working with people and that can be tricky as you just kind of uh, shared sometimes. And so how have you um, relied or how have church members helped you in some of those moments where maybe communication's not getting across or there's a little bit of conflict? What have you, how have you relied on some of them and what have they done for you? Yeah, um, you know, the elder team helps um, a great deal because uh, they can hold a confidence. You can share the, the difficulties and where things aren't quite what you would want it to be. Um, and sometimes they go, hey, I've got a relationship with that person. Let me, let me see if I can go about this in another way. Um, or they just, they can spitball, if you will, ideas and how to handle it. Um, and they really look for ways to do so lovingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are uh, just great gu- bunch of guys who um, take action. Nice. Uh, they're not just great idea guys and go do this pastor. They take <laughs> action, but they also pray. Mm. Yeah, and I know they'll uh, they'll be holding everything we talk about in prayer. And it's good to have that that confidence. Um, there's one uh, leader on the board of directors who just the other day was was hearing about a, a difficulty connected with um yeah uh the finances of the church and getting receipts from people <laughs> and and she said let me handle this one um I, I i think we can work this out so no one's um spotlighted for being difficult mm. um and, and it, it's neat to see folks who uh, want to solve a problem lovingly yeah. and um, boy, it, it's helpful when <laughs> there's, well, there, there's that spirit uh, among us, you know? Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that you, you point out there is, you know, you as a pastor, when you're talking with a trusted, especially other leaders in the church, uh, whether they be lay leaders or not, um, being able to process you know, hey, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm feeling. I, I think I should do this. But having them share that load and help you process it, I, I've become um, quite the verbal processor. And so sometimes when I'm talking with people, um, I'll say, hey, I'm just going to talk out loud for a minute, you, you know, and and let me let me tell you just all the things that I'm thinking. And then they can offer well, you know, I don't think that idea is all that great. I understand why you feel that way, but, you know, and so it's really awesome. And so that you have that support and it's so important for you. 
um, again, your job is to, you know, preach the word and administer the sacraments and care for the people. And and anything else that that distracts you from that. Now there's other things that we do, right? That that don't necessarily yeah, just a few. I mean, it, it falls maybe <laughs> under you can put it under care for the people because that's just a, a big nice term. But the reality is the main thing that that church has called you to do is to preach the word and administer the sacraments. And and so when you have a team like you have, um, you know, and I hope other people who hear this who are part of that team may go, how, how do I share that load? Is my pastor able to be free to do what he's called to do? Um, and, and how can we do that? And then working together. And so what a great example um, you are giving us. We're all going to start studying your church, I think, is what's going on here. <laughs> you know, there, there's another thing. We, uh, we, we have a staff now because uh, yeah. the church invested in uh, yeah. children, youth, and young adults. So yeah. we have a called director of Christian ed. And maybe you'll talk to him someday uh, on your podcast, Jacob yeah. Prawley. Uh, his wife's got the same training. But so office manager, pastor, and a, a DCE, we call them. And to have a relationship where we can go, boy, my insecurities are are getting after me today. Or when we do this, my self-doubt comes out in this way. To really have a relationship where, ooh, some of the stuff doesn't come easy. And to be able to say, kind of getting down hard on myself about this. and And to have caring ears who are you know, yeah. um, gonna, gonna help you through that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, just, just listening helps you through it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, you mentioned something interesting. I remember years ago when I was in first time I was called the full-time ministry out in New Mexico. And I remember, um, you, you know, a big, big church, you know, seven pastors on staff. And I remember, I think the staff, I don't know the staff was huge anyway, but I remember us, uh, expressing frustration with the lack of volunteers or the lack of people showing up to midweek service and it just dawned on me for a moment that you know if i'm going through a tough time like you just kind of expressed or i'm having self-doubt or something i can go into my friend who's a co-worker at the church and say hey i'm just feeling this way can we pray for a moment and yet the people who were like frustrated that they're not showing up all the time or they don't have that. They're working at the, you know, the garage as a mechanic or on the railroad. And, and they're not here. They're not going turning to their buddy and saying, Hey, can you pray for me? Cause that could be right. Could, and so how blessed we are to have that and to remember that too, um, right. that, Good we, point. that we get that opportunity. And so, um, and even if you're a, a solo pastor, like I am here at, at the church that I serve at, I still have other pastors in the community that I know I could at any moment um, just reach out to and say, hey, um, and I have a I have one parishioner specifically who does kind of like this old couple for you when they're not old, this elderly couple for (laughs) seniors. Yeah. Yeah. Seniors for you. (laughs) Every week he just comes and has coffee with me. Just says, how are you doing? Just how are you feeling about things? And uh, and before he leaves, he always says, and just so you know, I wasn't here. (laughs) <laughs> I like you know, that. And I so like he's just showing me that there's confidence <laughs> in that. And and so it's really important. And, and again, if pastors are listening to this and you don't have someone like that, um, I would encourage you to pray and seek the Lord and, and see if you can find somebody um, who might, you know, be willing to to be that in your life. It's it's really important for us to have that. So yeah. just a couple more things here. Tell me uh how someone has made you smile in the last two weeks. Um, when I, when I read that question, um, 
there, there's a lot of laughter around here. Yes. Um, and I've got another example, but um, to have a relationship, uh, my humor's kind of self-deprecating and to laugh at myself. Um, but also there, there's a lot of relationships where you can kind of tease one another. Um, and once in a while you have to go, that was a true joke. I hope you got that in there. Oh yeah, dude, I understood that. You know, you know what I mean? You're like, Oh, yeah. that, that could offend yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to go back and go, did not mean to, to do that. Um, but another one is, uh, puts a smile on my face and I'll see these folks tomorrow. Um, Marguerite, uh, came from Germany. Oh, by the way, St. John was a German speaking church in 1913 for a number of years. All oh. the, all the records are in German and, um, so that need to have that heritage too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, she will turn 97 this Sunday oh, nice. and, uh, her, her son invites me to, um, her care facility. We have a little time of uh, worship and communion. And now her, her little brother who's 90 and his wife, who's 90, they join us as well. And um, the sincerity in them, when I get there, they, they just feel honored. <laughs> Brings tears to smiles a little bit um, that their pastor would show up, you know? Yeah. And the same thing leaving. It's pastor. Thank you so much. And you know, you can hear in the voice, you can see it in the eyes. It's not just, Oh, I should say thank you now. Mm. And uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> no, it's, it's great. It's astounding because you know, you have these great saints that have been uh, gone before us and, and living examples of ones who have been faithful and, and their experiences, especially when they're in their nineties, it's like, man, how, how can I, how can I bless you? Because you're so, you know, and and yet there's, I, I mean, you know, it's just amazing how grateful. Uh, I think sometimes maybe we just don't um, understand uh, how God is is using us, um, and and yeah. because because we know ourselves, <laughs> yeah. And so it's a miracle. And, and the idea <laughs> that you can't outgive God, yeah. You know, yeah. um, I I share with them uh, when there's being so generous in their mm-hmm. gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly say, you know, I, I come here every time because I want you to be reminded of God's steadfast love in Jesus for you. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is I get to hear it myself and I need to hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not a, it's not a chore. It's not a check this off the list. Right. It's usually uh, one of the last things in the week. And it's funny. I usually take the long way home through the fields, the, um, you know, it's a agricultural area and, um, just a peaceful time, um, leaving that. So, yeah, that's great. (laughs) Uh, it's going to be, going to be hard when they, when they move on to glory, right? (laughs) You'll miss miss those times, uh, (laughs) uh, but there'll be fond memories, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. so, So if you were to, you know, just, what you know kind of sum it all up what is your desire for the people at your church yeah um what came to thought is certainty certainty that in christ they are loved mm-hmm. um so it's it's almost uh, in two weeks it'll be uh the second anniversary of uh open heart surgery and uh yeah, shared this right. with my sons too yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, that'll change it. That'll mark you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but you know, going in, uh, the statistics are great. Um, but there's always those, uh, you know, decimals that the doctors say not everyone makes it through Mm. and, and being wheeled in and having that prayer, um, and and knowing for certain Mm. if I come out of this in better shape, which is the goal of surgery, or if God calls me home, uh, I love this phrase I read the other day that God will be there in death to walk you through to life with him. And I want my, uh, my sons to have that certainty. Mm-hmm. I want my spiritual family mm-hmm. to, to just know um, I'm in good hands, mm-hmm. come what may, yeah. um, because of God's promises to me. Uh, certainly not for anything I've done. Um, and, and I also want them to, uh, to have the certainty that God loves through you. It's not a go do this, make sure you keep God happy, but mm-hmm. because he's already happy with us yeah. because of his own love that he now loves through us. And what a energy there is mm-hmm. in all our roles. And, and I want them to experience that, yeah. that gospel sense of God now working through you for the good of another. Mm. Um, Cause that brings me joy. Uh, it, it's that energy to do so, you know? Yeah. 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 No, that's great. I mean, you're using some, some good baptismal language, right? I want to, I want to draw from my baptism and be reminded what oh. God has said about me, which is that I identity piece, which right. so much, so many Christians deal with. Um, and that's why I, I love, that God has gifted us baptism because then we can say, this is what God did. And so it's not about me. He said, I'm his. Um, and he, he walks through that, that death with me because he has seen death before me. And so I'm raised in the of life with him. And so it's just beautiful. Um, and all of us, I think, you know, I, I really appreciate that. Um, that that is really, we want people to be certain that no matter what they go through, God is for them and he loves them. And I like to say this a lot of times because it still amazes me. God just doesn't love me. He likes me. Um, yes. That's it's hard important to remember that. Right. Right. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I was raised, he only loves you if you're doing things right. So. <laughs> right. It, it's easy to get in that mindset. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. part of our humanity. Right. Well, because we want to, we want to contribute somehow. Right. But right. our contributions are less than stellar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, Stephen, thank you so much. I hope you all enjoyed uh, Pastor Stephen Weems at uh, St. John's Lutheran Church in Idaho Falls. As he said, he streams his services. I know you can go on to Facebook and find them if you search for that, and you can make sure that you see what they do there. Good work that he's doing up there with great joy. And so, if you, again, if you find this valuable, please uh, like and share and subscribe, ask any questions, and together we can help the church flourish. All right, my friend.